Till I'm Tiptoed You Dot com The podcast about pop culture Black history and spirituality Yeah It's about to be a great vibe Dr. Tip Gonna take it away Till I'm Tiptoed You Hey y'all, hey, it's your girl Tip. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Em Tip Told You, uh, the podcast where I give you all my ideas about the big things going on in the news and social media. So listen, I have a lot I want to talk to you about, but it really can be divided into two main categories. I want to have a conversation about um, anti-Asian racism and the black community, right? Not those two things inherently go together, which is the point I want to make. And then I want to talk generally about this drama going around um, Derek Jackson, a social media influencer, I guess, social media entrepreneur, a so-called relationship expert. And what's going on with him? I'm not going to focus in on the details of his case. Um, and I'll tell you why when we get to that that portion. Um I want to talk more generally about social media and relationships and black love. All right. I want to let me let me pull it up on my phone so I could do this. I want to start with this quote because I think it's it's an umbrella for everything we're going to talk about today. On my Instagram the other day, I was having a conversation and I couldn't remember the brother's name. So I thank the sisters who saved me. I'm going to use his name right today. Neely Fully, I can't say it. Something, Neely Fuller Jr. All right. This is a quote. If you do not understand white supremacy, what it is and how it works, everything else that you understand will only confuse you. All right. I'm going to say it one more time. If you do not understand white supremacy, slash racism, what it is and how it works, everything else that you understand will only confuse you. And I want us, we're going to talk about the puppet master a little bit today. Uh, So let's just jump right in. You have to have been under a rock not to see how this anti-Asian violent group lynching in Atlanta played out. You had a 22, well, 21, 22-year-old white boy shoot up Asian women. Police still can't agree if that's a hate crime or not, or if it just happened to be that he went into three Asian spas and killed mostly women. I don't understand how you are hesitant to call that a hate crime, but that's neither here nor there. Criminal justice is not my foray. Y'all know that. I'm a teacher. Um, I, so on the heels of this, we are now having increased conversations about anti-Asian violence that have increased since the coronavirus. We know that 45 did a horrible job. Uh, well, I don't Good job, horrible job, depending on who you're talking to, of blaming Asian people for this pandemic. And as a result, we've seen 
anti-race, I'm sorry, anti-Asian racist crimes increase, right? Especially violent crimes increase. And I think it's time for us to have a conversation about not necessarily, well, we do need to be speaking about the crimes themselves, but I also want us to pay particular attention to how it's being couched in the media, right? I think it was NBC that had a headline that said something about what the black community can do about anti-Asian racism, as if the bulk of these crimes have been committed by black people. They have not. So if you're unclear, let me say that they have not been perpetuated by black people. And as I just pointed out, there was a white boy that shot up them them Asian salons. Okay, We have to pay particular attention to the puppet master at all times. These headlines, some of the influencers that are posting right now, the so-called creatives that are posting right now, that are teasing up historical tensions between Asian communities and black communities are doing one, a disservice to the real root of the problem, which is white supremacy. And two, they are distracting us from solving that real issue. Only white supremacists benefit from that. Any, Any kind of effort that creates more tension between marginalized populations is benefiting white supremacist culture. All right. I just want that to be very clear before I run down what I'm going to run down. um, That that is my stance, that white supremacy is at the root of all of that. All of us need to be fighting white supremacy. I'm going to say something about that point in just a moment. Because there was a dumb troll on my page the other day that does not understand. So let me say it now. That white supremacy is not equal to black people. There are black white supremacists. There are Asian white supremacists. There are white white supremacists. White supremacy does not belong to a particular race or ethnic group. Let me just say that. Okay. In 1966, the New York Times was the first media source to use the term model minority. Now, I'm I'm a little disturbed that some of my students have never heard of this. I don't know if if my generation is familiar with it because of how we're trained in education to pay att- attention to that, or if it's my black studies lens coming. I don't know. I thought that was a term that everybody used. Um, but it's important for us to know where it comes from. So in 1966, we have this article that presents Asian people as the model immigrant group in the United States, right? It's an incredibly problematic idea that has been spread through media propaganda, all right? But the whole idea of the Asian student always being the smartest and the Asian community not having... um social justice issues that they pull on for the Asian community not to use the so-called race card when things get difficult, so on and so forth. That's usually why they're presented as the model minority, because they're quiet about political things. They they turn inward, create um, ethnic enclaves where they can be successful, where they do business amongst each other, so on and so forth. And because of those characteristics, some of which are untrue, um, they've been presented to us in the media 
as this group that we should all aspire to, right? Hence the term model minority. And you can see it over the years. If you just look at news articles around Asian students, you'll see the term appear. And even when the term is not used, you can tell the reporter writes from that lens, okay? There is a wonderful article um, from about maybe eight years ago by Wayne Ah and Benji Chang, and it's called You're Asian, How Could You Fail Math? So just Google that. I'll put a link in the show notes. But Wayne Ah and Benji Chang's You're Asian, How Could You Fail Math? does an incredible job of outlining the historiography of the model minority um, term. But they do an even better job of arguing why we need to understand Asian communities differently. And we see a piece of that happening right now in the response to a lot of this anti-Asian violence. We're seeing a new term become popular, the AAPI community. Before the anti-Asian violence, you, ha- you all have to tell me, send me an email at Dr. Tippett, tell them to told you. If that was a comment, I've never heard that before now, this, de- um, this designation of the AAPI Asian American Pacific Islander community, but Ao and Chang in their article do a good job explaining to us how to group all Asian communities under the umbrella of Asian is incredibly problematic because their experiences, their class, their level of political engagement is all so very so varied that when we speak of them as the Asian community, we are um marginalizing the distinct differences and experiences that are found within uh, and among those communities, right? So again, click the link in, in the show notes. Make sure you read that article. It does a great job. And I think we're better situated to have conversations about what's happening in the media right now if we're informed about the model minority myth. Now, all that being said, here's what I want to say. To be Black, in the United States is to understand that we have not always been able to rely on other people of color to find problems in the system the way that we do. I think it's important to dis- for me to state right now and for you to think about, we are the only minority group, the only marginalized population in the United States to have suffered under chattel slavery. Because of that, our relationship to this beast of white supremacy is slightly different. And I would argue we may be more informed and may be more sensitive to the machinations of white supremacy because of that unique experience we've had in the U.S. But I don't want us to forget that depending on where we live, it may be a, a a shorter memory, but there have always been collaborations between communities of color. Should those collaborations be more of the norm? Yes. But have they happened? Also, yes. And so I recognize that there need to there needs to be intercultural healings between AAPI communities and black folk. There needs to be intercultural 
healings. There needs to be some admission of we're sorry, <laughs> right? So let me, I'm going to speak now as Tiffany and not, not I'm not going to generalize, generalize this. Tiffany is, I stop Asian hate, right? Stop Asian hate. You will hear me say that. Stop Asian hate. But I have to concede that there is a reason why some black folk don't feel comfortable marching in the streets for Asian communities. Because by and large, the history is such that you didn't have our backs. You didn't have our backs. And so there's a feeling now. It's a tension within. Right? This is why critical self-reflection is so important. There's a tension within that says, should I put it all on the line for these people who only sometimes do that for me? I think we have to be honest with ourselves about that, that tension within. All of that being said, Here's what I here's why I want to go back to the Neely Fuller quote. Even though that tension is within, what I think is important for black folk to remember in this moment is who the person pulling the strings is. It was a white boy that shot up these salons, these spas. White supremacy got on TV in the face of a sheriff and said he was just having a bad day. It was white supremacy, which wrote a a headline asking the black community what they were going to do about anti-Asian violence, even though we're not the ones perpetuating it. There's only one system that benefits from anti-Asian violence and anti-black violence. That's where our attention needs to be right now. Yes, we have intercultural work and intercultural healing to do between the AAPI community, probably more with the Asian American community than the PI community. That's that's the problem with grouping them together. We have some some healing to do and some work to do between us. But we have to remember who the common foe is. That's white supremacy. White supremacy is the puppet master pulling all these strings. And as long as we're focused on the intercultural piece that does need to happen, but our focus can't be there right now. Our our primary focus has to be on the enemy because until we focus on the enemy, as Fuller reminds us, everything else about our relationship is going to confuse us. We'll forget who set them up as the model minority to be aspired to. We'll forget who gave them those school seats in urban areas in affluent schools while they pushed our babies out. We'll forget who orchestrated all of that. We'll forget how the poverty in some of these urban areas set up the tensions between two marginalized populations. We can't afford to forget. Now, let me say this. I posted on my page the other day when I saw, y'all know I don't like these, uh, most of them, I don't like these social media hashtags. They get real popular right after a crime or event or movement or whatever. Um, So I create my own. (laughs) So when people were using hashtag um, stop Asian hate, 
I did a meme that basically said, um, you know, white supremacy is what causes anti-Asian hate. And there was a black man. You know, Mama Zora is my virtual mentor and I could hear her in the corner of my ear. All your skin folk ain't your kin folk. Right. So this black man puts on my post that this is what we do. We always blame whitey for our problems and blah, 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 blah. Let me say to you what I said to that brother. When we talk about white supremacy. That is not synonymous with white people. See, Fuller had it right. Until we understand white supremacy, everything else will confuse us. So you might see my post and think I'm talking about white people. I'm not. I'm not. I grew up in the South, (laughs) which means I know a whole lot of rural white people who are working class. Who are whose who systems foot is on their neck, just like it's on mine. Now, I want them to know that I want them to understand that better because they are also confused because they don't understand white supremacy. But white supremacy is a system. It's not people. (laughs) It's not people. Every white person is not a white supremacist. Every black person ain't necessarily not a white supremacist. That's what that, bro- if you 60 something years old and you posting some shit like that on my page, you are closer to white supremacy than I am. But even with him, even with a 60 year old black troll having a problem with other black people calling out white supremacy. Let's me know that there's a puppet master and I'm on, I'm distracted if my focus is on the 60 something year old troll and not on the system that creates a 60 something year old troll. Do you understand what I'm saying? That we have to, when we're, when we're dealing with these things, when we're dealing with anything, because in the next, we're going to talk about Derrick Jackson in just a second. Anything, when we are trying to do we're trying to achieve the good condition. I'm not going to... Irosun Iwari. Right? I was not going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Irosun Iwari is probably my second favorite Odu after Oshetura. So in Irosun Iwari, humans are being reincarnated. right? So built into the cosmology of Yoruba culture is the idea of reincarnation. And so humans were living in heaven and then having to be reborn Earth as the marketplace, you know, they were living in heaven, having to be reborn, dying and going back to heaven. And it was a cycle and humans became frustrated and they went to God and they were like, look, we tired. We don't want to go there no more. Please, you know, where all this ghetto? Keep us here. Why we got to keep going down there? And God says, you know, until you get it right, it is your job to make the good condition on earth. And until you do that, you got to keep going to work until the job is done. You know, that's one of the primary distinctions between Christianity and Yoruba cosmology is this idea that the savior of the world is not some being, it's humans. There's a lot of agency there. Anyway, that might be why I'm drawn to it. Okay, I said all that. Why Why did I go? Why did y'all have me talking about Erosum Iwari? That is human jobs to bring good condition on earth. Oh, I know why. So if we are going to bring about this good condition on earth, personal development, professional development, spiritual development, mental development, emotional development, all of that depends 
on our critical self-reflection of our role in what's happening, in the condition that currently exists. What role is Tiffany playing in this condition? What role is my um, spending of money playing in this condition? What role are my relationships playing in this condition? Are they serving to help bring about the good condition or am I part of that toxicity that has to be repaired before we can stop coming to this ghetto place? You understand what I'm saying? All right. So in this current season of the puppet master trying to pit Asian folk against black folk, you got Asians so distracted by Black Lives Matter right now. They ain't even talking about the white boy no more that did the shooting. Can you understand how insidious white supremacy is where it can cause victims of a crime not to look to the perpetuator of the crime, but the innocent bystander? We ain't had nothing to do with that white boy running up in the spa. But almost 90% of the news stories about this tension, anti-Asian racism right now, talks about black people. And I'm like, what kind of bait and switch con job is happening? We have to be consciously aware of who's writing the stories, who's publishing the stories, and who benefits from the continued, now increasing tensions between two groups who are already marginalized by a system set up for only one group to win. Okay, I'm off that. But I do want to draw some comparisons to this bullshiggity going on right now with Derek Jackson. Now, I don't follow the brother even well enough to know, am I saying his name right? J-A-X-N? Is it Jackson? Is it, does he say Jackson? But y'all know who I'm talking about. This is the brother that sits in the car. If you're on social media, you've seen. Uh, I don't follow him, but enough people share his stuff that I'm, I'm familiar. So it's the buff Dark skinned, chocolate, attractive guy who sits in the car and, and waxes poetic about black love and relationships. And he started that whole crazy mess a couple of summers ago about black men don't cheat. See, when that came out, I was like, I don't know enough about him, but I know that that right there, I'm going to still clear you. All right. Because you can't come out with some stuff like that. It, anyway, you understand what I'm saying? That we should have been a little wet. That was a red flag. It was a red flag. All right. It was also a red flag to me that you were doing all these conversations about black love and you were always by yourself. Like I just. We're we going to get to that part in a moment. Right. About I'm, y'all know literacy is my background. Material culture and literacy is part of my background. So my, my, my dissertation study was on it, 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 I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just. All right. So. He his most recent book is called Heal Together. And then, like I said, he started this hashtag Black Men Don't Cheat um, a few years ago. Well, Derek Jackson, you know, influencer selling these books, making a lot of money. Very popular, brother. Right. He seemed to be, you know, the couple of videos that I saw that people were sharing. I was like, OK, he's defending the sisters. I'm with it. I ain't going to follow you because that black men don't cheat thing throws me. But, you know, I support it. But how about this weekend? Honey, chai. So supposedly, 
not supposedly, this is what all the gossip people doing. This is not a gossip podcast. So I'm going to take it from his micro situation to the macro in just a moment. But I just want to set up the conversation. So supposedly this woman, Sister Candace, who he's been sleeping with, spilled all the beans. Okay, she says Brother Jackson been married for four years at least. He ain't told nobody. Like, I, did you know he was married? Not many of us knew he was married. I don't know anybody that knows he was married. And from what these gossip columnists are saying, uh, he's been telling women that he sleeping with folk all around Atlanta. Okay, well, I don't know anything about that. That's neither here nor there to me. I do think it's a problem where a married man who is supposedly a relationship expert with a tagline like black men don't cheat and a book like Hill Together has a woman coming forth on social media saying you've been sleeping with me and then described in detail the wife's bedroom. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Okay. So let me take it from the micro. Let's go macro because I don't want to deal with whatever that is. Let me say this. All of us have either been or both and have been a perpetuator or a victim of infidelity. All of us know what that feels like. And I'm going to say the tough thing right now that some of us may not be ready to admit. Not every act of infidelity. I almost want to say it this way. Let me say it this way. It is highly unusual for the act of infidelity to have anything to do with who you like or who you love. Sometimes you're seeking attention. Sometimes you're seeking validation. Sometimes you're just seeking an orgasm, right? But, but, but sometimes it's just a mistake. I said that out loud. Yeah, I said it and I mean it. Sometimes it's a mistake and sometimes it does warrant forgiveness. If the two parties are honest about how it worked, they're honest about their expectations of boundaries for the future. They're honest about receiving therapy or whatever uh, counseling or prayer or ritual ceremony or whatever they need to do to heal. I think all of that is okay. And there's not one answer to how to address infidelity. I want to say that. I think sometimes we become too judgmental as if we ain't done it before. Okay. I was talking to, anyway, never mind. I was about to be too honest right there. (laughs) Not Not about myself or anything like that. I'm just saying. All right. So. It's easy. Okay. Here's here's why I want to address it. I want to go back to the to the fuller quote. Until we understand everything about white supremacy, we'll be confused, right? Just like I told you, there is a system that benefits from us being distracted by the real culprit of anti-Asian racism. I I want to be careful how you how I say this and how you hear me. I am not absolving a cheater from cheating. That's not what I'm about to do. What I am going to say is that cheating does not occur in a vacuum. 
And there is a history of black people being over-sexualized in such a way that some men think their um, worth is located between the number of thighs they can get between. I think there is a system in place that benefits from black women feeling like they have to be with cheaters in order to have somebody because all we ever hear about is the shortage of good black men. I think there is a system that benefits from an overrepresentation of unhealthy black relationships. This is one of the problems I have with Shonda Rhimes. You can like her shows, but I'll, you know, the critically reflective piece I'm telling you to do, I want you to watch her shows and figure out just how many healthy black relationships you see. Okay. This is one of the problems I have with her. But anyway, there's a system that benefits from us thinking that black love is unattainable. Derek Jackson became an influencer, became a pseudo-celebrity based on his ability to tap into a narrative of black love pathology. Right? I can be the voice of reason in this narrative pathology. And I understand it's lucrative to do so, even though I haven't worked on my own stuff. Right? See, it's different. This is how I feel about life coaching in, in general. And this is probably why I'm, I may be more transparent than I should be <laughs> as a life coach, right? I want people to know I'm raggedy. I'm not perfect. I am growing just like you are. I am intentional about my growth. I'm strategic about my growth. I'm reflective about my growth, but I'm still growing. I got a whole lot of stuff to work through. Right. It's only fair for me to present in that way because I never want anybody to look at one of my mistakes and say, see, she's a fraud. We have to be careful. I'm taking it again away from him. I'm not talking about him specifically right now. I'm saying in general, we all have to be careful about how we choose to show up in the world. We either show up as our authentic selves and nobody's authentic self is perfect or we show up as our representative who almost always is never as rich and beautiful as we are naturally. But a, a, a fraud in the relationship and love sector is only possible when we buy into these pathologies surrounding black love. I come from, let me tell you about my family. Both sets of my grandparents were married for more than 50 years when my grandfathers died. Both of the wives outlived them, but they were married for more than 50 years. My aunts, my, my parents, 50 plus, right? This is what I come from. That's why I don't so easily fall into the black pathology. Do I have that? No. Do I want it? Hell yeah. In case, you know, if you're listening, that's what I want. I'm just saying. Um... But I don't buy into the pathology because I understand 
that this, the system of white supremacy benefits from me not believing that black love is possible. Because then I don't create black families. And I'm talking about love in whatever iteration it takes. Right? I'm, I'm not being heteronormative in this moment. I'm saying find you somebody and build something with them. The, the family is the primary. Okay. I'm not even getting into that. I just say white supremacy will con you into thinking the problem is you and not it. Anything that sets up barriers to healthy black love is your enemy. Anything. Anything. I want to say this. You know how I believe in black love? Not only because of those familial cases I just told you about, but also because as soon as black folk got free, and if you don't believe me, you go look at some newspapers from the period around 1866, 1867, you know, so on and so forth, all the way through radical reconstruction, you see in newspapers enslaved people. This is also why you know they were literate. But anyway, that's a side note. You see enslaved people writing letters, posting them in the newspaper to find family. The first thing, one of the first things people did when they got free was to try to reconnect families that had been sold away from each other. I can't know that about my ancestors and believe in the pathology of black love at the same time. Some of the lowest points in our history, we still believed in love. How dare I not believe in love because Derrick Jackson didn't tell the world he had a wife? How dare you be distracted from creating social institution like family that is the backbone of a community and their liberation efforts? You can't create freedom. You can't get free without other people. Our relationships are an integral part of that. We deserve to be free in all kinds of ways, and we deserve love. We don't need a hashtag about black men don't cheat. That's, that's, that's just a downright lie because we're human. See, this, this black exceptionalism, you know, I think we magic, but that doesn't mean we don't have raggedy stuff to fix. And fidelity, because of hyper-masculinity in, in U.S. culture, is a problem. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. I wanted to remind you of the puppet master. Okay? When we pay attention to that, when you are blaming yourself, your community, your people for problems within your group without thinking about how the system outside of your group shapes it, you're confused. Neely Fuller told us so. All right, I'm going to stop there. And I'm going to wish you a beautiful, beautiful rest of the day. Um, if you want to talk back to me, feel free to send an email to Dr. Tip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. I've enjoyed you. Make it a good one, y'all. Bye.